There is an awakening that occurs when you find where you belong. We are the army rising up, the wild ones, outspoken for the sake of the one who spoke life into us. We are the spark that ignites a flame, called and therefore qualified, empowered to create atmospheres. So breathe in. Is there still an American youth who can arise and turn the tide of history in America to raise up an answer to the rebellion? We need another kind of a revolution. Now it's our time. We are the face of a generation ready to rise up. We're strong, the tip of the iceberg, standing on the shoulders of those that pave the way. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution. Shout out to that video, though. That was awesome. Hey, what's up, y'all? Again, my name is Brandon. I am one of the Rev Pastors here. I want to just say, too, that um, so I grew up in church like a lot of you guys are growing up in church right now. And um, my uncle was my pastor, my uncle and my aunt. And my uncle would give me $20 a week to, like, clean the church, do random things, take out the garbage, stuff like that. And he would tell me, all right, Brandon, you got to give $2, put $2 back into the offering, right? So... I'm like 10, 11, you know, doing this. And what that did, though, is that it, it really just instilled it like a trust in me when it came to money. So, like, the older you get, the more money you're going to make, right? So it actually made it easier for me to give hundreds of dollars, right? Because when you start making, like, really, like, money, it's like, whoa, Lord, I don't, do I want to give you hundreds of dollars? You know what I mean? Like, do I really want to give you hundreds of dollars? But what you guys are doing right now is like you are got like 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 you're getting ahead of the curve. Like you're starting early. So I wanna I wanna celebrate you guys for that. So go ahead, clap it up for yourself for trusting the Lord now with your money. That's a big deal. That's honestly huge. It's like a lifelong principle. So if this is your first or second time, welcome. Welcome. We we, we love that you decided to come and join us today. If it's your hundred, you know, hundredth time, we, we, we love that you're here too. You're actually here on a good Sunday because we are kicking off a brand new series. Everybody say new series. New series. We are starting a series called The Gold of the Gospel. The Gold of the Gospel. And in this series, we are actually looking at what does this word gospel mean in our lives? What, is it, what does it actually mean? Does it have any power, any relevance in our lives? And if it does, what is it? So the title of this talk today is One Gospel, Three Parts. Everybody say, One Gospel, Three Parts. Let's pray. Jesus, I welcome your presence here. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I, I love your presence. I, I value your presence, and I welcome you. I just say, have your way this morning. Lord, I pray that you would back up every single word with your power. Open ears, open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen. 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 So 
one thing that I love doing whenever I get to talk to you guys is I love giving you random facts about me, you know, because I don't know. It's just a great way to break the ice, I think, for me. <laughs> so random fact number, I don't know, 500 or something about me is that I love just knowing random things. Like, I, I love spending time. Like, I, I'm not even going to tell you because I would get depressed if I actually told you how much time I actually spend on Google, just Googling random things. How far away is the moon? Like, <laughs> you know, how, like, I, I Google things that literally have nothing to do with my life. It's not adding any value to my life at all. But for some reason, it makes me feel good knowing this. I'm like, huh, okay. The moon is this far away. This is great. So one of the random things I love to do is like I love hearing stories of people who like randomly find like treasures and they find like they had a million dollar painting hanging in their house. So they found like gold treasure on the beach or something. You know, those stories are like beach dads. Right. You know, like you got those like bored beach dads. They're on the beach like, yeah, like this. And, and they have metal detectors, and they just, like, come across a cup or something, right? Y'all laughing at these dudes, but they just got rich. Like, you don't even, <laughs> you don't even know. Like, this dude especially, he just, he just, found, he just found, like, millions of dollars. So I, I, love, I love reading about these stories because I think deep down inside, I wish that, like, something like that could happen to me. But how many of you guys know, like, that just doesn't happen in the Midwest? Like, I don't know what it is. We, right, we find, like, we find random nails in the ground, like, <laughs> you know, like a random, like, horseshoe or something. That's all we got. But I love these stories, and this is a story that I found. We're going we're gonna to play this uh, clip from this, from this news, news clip. I, wanna, I want you guys to check this out. That's not it, don't worry. They know, they know you can't hear it. They got you. Patience. Millionaires. Can you guys go this back? Is what $10 go back to the beginning for me. worth of gold coins look like. These rare coins date back to the mid to late 1800s. A Northern California couple says they were... This morning you might find some of your neighbors grabbing shovels. A Northern California couple found a real-life treasure buried in their backyard. Ben Tracy shows us how it will make them accidental millionaires. This is what $10 million worth of gold coins look like. These rare coins date back to the mid to late 1800s. A Northern California couple says they were hiking on their property last February when they saw an old tin can poking out of the ground. It was a weird little secluded place that no one would have really had easy access to. They dug up a total of eight cans filled with more than 1,400 mint condition solid gold coins. Well, this doesn't happen every day. Don Kagan is the coin dealer the couple well, contacted. The they have chosen to remain anonymous and keep the exact location of their property and, secret and now that the coins are ready for sale. Well, it's a great story because it was a relatively young couple, early 40s, who out with their dog and they've been okay, on you guys can, this, this you can path cut it, and cut it there. Uh, trail that they... Bruh. Bruh. 
can 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 I just find like one of those gold coins? I'm just saying, like just <laughs> this couple, right? This is this is like California. They're they're walking around their property. This is the same property that they have walked around for who knows years, right? And they just stumble upon this gold can, and it's filled like like it's filled with gold coins, and they find eight of them. 1,400 gold coins, and it's worth $10 million. That is insane. Right in their backyard, literally in their backyard. They had a gold treasure in their yard, and they didn't even realize it. They literally did not realize it. I came this morning. I literally woke up with the sole purpose to tell you guys that just like this couple had gold coins buried in their yard, you have a treasure hidden inside of you. That if, if Jesus lives inside of you, if, he is, if you've given your life to him, if you said, Jesus, I give you everything, there's a treasure living inside of you. Colossians 1, 26 to 27, it tells us this. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. What's the mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, these these gold coins that we just heard this story about, they were hidden away for you know, like over a hundred years, hidden away for generations. No one knew about it, right? In that same way, there was a mystery that people wished that they could have tapped into. They, 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 they wished that they could have had what you guys had. And you know what you have? You have Christ living in you. You have Jesus on the inside of you. If Jesus lives in you, you are literally a walking treasure chest. You are his treasure. You have the peace of Jesus living inside of you. You have the power of Jesus living inside of you. You have the goodness of Jesus living in you. You are a treasure, a treasure chest. But I think the one thing that we can all, we can all be real with each other in is this, is that it doesn't feel that way, right? Sometimes it actually doesn't feel like you have a treasure inside of you. You know, it it actually feels like there's a disconnect between the faith that you hear and the one that you experience. You you know, you you like, yeah, I I I hear my pastor, parents, and leaders telling me that I am I am free in Christ, but I don't feel free. Yeah, uh, yeah, my mom says that, you know. She says that I can cast all my cares on Jesus. What does that mean? I I actually feel like I'm carrying a lot of cares right now. Maybe maybe you're like, you know what? I'm saying I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I can't help but to feel afraid all the time. See, there's a disconnect between the faith we hear about and the one that we experience. And the faith that we experience it oftentimes, it feels dull. It feels like there's like a dissatisfaction there. It feels like there's a blah, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian. It feels like there is no life in it. 
I believe that we experience this disconnect and that dullness in our faith because we do not understand the full message of the gospel. We don't understand the gospel in its fullness. It's so much bigger than we realize. And if we're honest, like if we're all real, like some of us are like, dude, I don't even know what the gospel is. I don't even, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. We are experiencing this disconnect because we don't have the full message. So let's start there. Let's start by first defining what is the gospel. What is the gospel? I want you guys to just yell out what you think the gospel is. Go ahead, tell me. Jesus, his word. Truth. Worthiness, okay. The good news. Righteousness. Salvation, that is good. What's that? Grace, come on. That's good. Oh, praise, that's good. You guys yelled out some amazing things. The gospel is this. This is how I define the gospel. It's not just Brandon's definition. The gospel is the good news about a person. The gospel is the good news about Jesus. It is the story of Jesus. It is the message of of what Jesus did and who Jesus actually is, who he actually is. See, this this issue of having a disconnect between the faith we hear about and the one that we actually experience, it's not even new. Like, this is so, this is an age-old thing. You guys are in good company, safe company. If you feel that sort of disconnect and you feel that dullness, this is something that like, has been experienced for generations, ages and ages. There are a ton of Bible writers who wrote about this thing. They're, they're, they're writing to their people like, hey, this is how you come out of this. And Paul, he's, he's one of the guys who, he's one of the goats, greatest of all time. He just wrote like most of the New Testament, no big deal, you know, small thing, right? And he's writing to a group of people who actually experience the same thing. They're in this place where their faith has become dull. They're in this place where the gospel isn't really good news. It's just news. They're in this place where they've kind of just accepted, you know, the things that are happening in their lives. And this is what Paul says. I'm going to read out of Colossians 2, and it's not going to be on the screen. So if you want to follow along with me on your Bible app, you're more than welcome to. Or you can listen. Old school, right? Verse 2 to 4 just says this that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one would delude you with plausible arguments. What does that mean? What is Paul saying? He's saying this. He's Simply just saying this. He's saying that, you know what the answer is to a faith that feels dull and dissatisfying? You know how you solve that? You get to know Jesus. You actually get to know the person of Jesus because there's nothing dull about Jesus. There's nothing boring about Jesus. When you come in contact with who Jesus actually is and what he actually has done for you, you come alive. You can't help but to. Jesus is the good news. This good news is hidden, is buried where? 
in you, in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? He lives in you. This good news is buried inside of you. Jesus is the treasure. He is the treasure. I think the problem is, is that we don't realize how much he actually did for us on the cross. Like, there is so much more to the message of Jesus than, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Like, we can't stop there. Like, our, our understanding of the gospel and who Jesus is, it can't just end with, Jesus loves me, this I know. He has done so much more for you. And in this series, we want to unpack the gospel. So in, in the rest of the series, we're going to look at this thing. We're going to use language like this, the three-in-one gospel. And we're going we're gonna to break down this graph. And this graph was uh, made by Putty Putman. Everybody know Putty? He's like a... He's like a like like the first service. I almost said evil genius, but somebody was like, "He's a holy genius." I was like, "Even better. I like that." He's just like a professor, like he's a beast, and he breaks down the gospel in all of his fullness. Like we have one gospel in three parts. Jesus did more for us than we have ever realized. We are just scratching the surface of what it actually means to live. With him. So, what we're going to do in the rest of this series for the next three weeks is we're going to break this graph down. I'm going to spend the rest of our time kind of talking about it a little bit. Like, what did Jesus actually do? The first thing that Jesus did, the first thing that the gospel did for us in our lives, is that it took care of our relationship with God. See, there was this disconnect between us and God. There was this divide because of the sin in our lives and because of his holiness. We couldn't come to God. We had no relationship with him because of the like sin living in us, right? But because of Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, the divide was torn down and we can have relationship with God. And now because of Jesus, Forgiveness is not something that we have to earn. It's something that we receive. You don't have to be good enough to be forgiven. It's not about being like the perfect son, the perfect daughter. It's about saying, Jesus, I receive what you have made available to me. What has he made available? Relationship with a God who is furiously in love with you. A father who is passionate about you, who sees you and he smiles. He says, that's the one I want. I want that one. I love that one. He has made this father available to us. Relationship is available. It's possible. And guess what? It's not something that we have to earn. We don't deserve it. Second thing is this. Jesus took care of our identity. Everybody say identity. Because of him, because of Jesus, because he died and he rose from the grave, we went from being sinners to sons and daughters. You are no longer defined by the things you do. You're defined by who he says you are. You are not depressed. You are not suicidal. You are not gay. You are not straight. You are a son. You are a daughter. Period. You are defined by who he says you are. When the world tries to put labels on you, you combat those labels 
with who Jesus has made you, who he says you are. And again, identity is not something you earn, it's who you are. My mom didn't say when I was born, say, oh, he looks so cute. He looks, oh, he's so precious. You better earn being a Henderson boy. You better, you better really own up to this name. No, I, I mean, I didn't do anything to like, I'm just Brandon Henderson. Like, technically, Brandon Thomas Lamarx Henderson is my name. Um, I guess my parents was like, we may not ever have a son again. Let's like throw all the names in there. Let's give them two, two names. The point is this, is that I never had to earn being a Henderson. It's just, it's who I am. Why do we approach our relationship with God as if we have to earn being a son or being a daughter? Jesus has changed your identity to a son or daughter. See, because of him, you are righteous. This like really Christian word, and it just means this that you are right in us, meaning like you are right in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has made you who you are actually meant to be. And you are fully becoming that more and more and more every single day. It's just something that you receive. It's not something you strive or work towards. It's a place that you live from. Jesus has made this available to you. The last thing that Jesus took care of on the cross And in his resurrection is your destiny. Everybody say destiny. 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 Everything that the enemy has ever stolen from us, Jesus took it back on the cross. All of our authority, all of our our value. Did you know that you're actually a king? You're, you're, You're a queen. You're supposed to actually walk in the confidence of a ruler. You are actually meant to rule on the earth. We spent eight weeks talking about what? This summer. God's plan. God's plan is literally a series about destiny, that you are God's plan for your high school. You are God's plan for your middle school. You are God's plan for your junior high, that he actually sent you to destroy the works of the enemy. You are his plan. He cares about you. He wants to use you and partner with you. See, when Jesus, when he rose from the grave and he he, he like had this powwow with his disciples. He's like, all right, guys, let's do this thing. It's time to like take this out now. We're not going to isolate this to Israel anymore. We need to take it around the world. This thing needs to go viral. Like, <laughs> we need to do this. And he says something very important. He says the way that we're going to do this is that we're going to preach this gospel, this three-in-one gospel, and we're going to make disciples of all nations. What that means is we're going to make We're going to make believers, followers of Jesus, and we're going to cast out demons. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The commission hasn't changed, that Jesus actually wants to use you to change your environment. If you've ever felt like, man, I don't know what my purpose is. I just feel like I'm kind of on this earth, just aimlessly existing, living. You're not. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. God's plan. You are the plan. No one in this room is without a purpose or a destiny. See, this this is the full message of the gospel. And as I'm talking about these three, there's probably one that's really, really resonating with your heart. You're like, yeah, oh, man, 
I have a relationship with the Father. That's amazing. It gives you like goosebumps and it makes you feel warm inside. Or maybe it's the identity, you know, aspect of the gospel where you're like, yeah, my identity is new. I'm not a sinner. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Awesome. Maybe it's the destiny piece where you're like, yeah, let's go do stuff. Let's go like save people and help people and, and heal the sick and, and do all the stuff. The reality is, is that it's all three. We, we need all three of the, like all three aspects of the gospel in order to live the life that God has for us. And I'm excited about this series because we are actually going to unpack all three aspects of the gospel in the next few weeks. And it's going to be powerful. This is the full gospel. Relationship, identity, and destiny. Relationship, identity, and destiny. So now I want to just talk about how do we come out of this dullness, you know, this dissatisfaction in our faith? How do we, how do we move forward into that hunger and into that, like, passion of, oh, man, this thing is actually real. Jesus is actually real. He lives in me, and he has done so much for me. How do we move there? We do about two, two things, two things. We stay humble and we stay hungry. Everybody say, stay humble. Stay hungry. The first thing is this, humble. Being humble is just saying like, hey, God, I want to know you more. I don't know it all, and I need your help. It's just like, Jesus, I need your help. Like, I don't know, I don't know everything, and I don't know how to get to, you know, from point A to point B, but you do. You know how to do it. Help me, Jesus. There's a verse in the Bible, James 4, 6. It tells us this, but he gives grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That just means this, that the people who are willing to go low, God, he gives you ability and he gives you power to do what you can't do on your own. If you're willing to humble yourself and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I don't know everything. I don't know how this all works, but I believe that you love me. I believe that you have a future for me. He meets you with his ability, his ability. When we stay humble, the sky is the limit. Literally, the sky is the limit. The lower we go, the higher we rise, the higher we rise. Next thing is this, we stay, we stay hungry. If there is more, we need to go after it. Think about it. What's, what is the point of living a Christian life to just kind of, uh, 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 I just, uh, yeah, I go to church on Sunday. To me, that, that, that never made sense to me. I'm not just being real with you. Like, it just never made sense to me. That's why when I rebelled against God, I just did it. I did it full force. Like, when I was out here, I was out here. But when I came back in, I was, I was burning for him, and I'm still burning for him because it just makes sense to me. If he is real, and this is, this is willing to, like, worth dying for. You know, people died for this gospel that we're talking about. I want to live hungry. I want to live hungry. If there's more, I want more. Jesus and the kingdom, it's the only place where you can be greedy. Like, it's okay to be greedy. You know, you know, like your mom says, oh, no, you had too much. You're being greedy. He wants us to be hungry. He wants us to be greedy and say, Jesus, I want more. This was good, but I want more. Wow, this, like, encounter was awesome, but I want more. Wow, this, like, 
understanding you've given me of who you are is great, but there's more, and I want it. Anybody have like a cat or a dog? You got both? Awesome. Or even like a gerbil or a hamster or something. I don't know what kind of pets people have. Here's the thing. If, you're, if you notice, like it was like two days, right? Two days and, you're, and your cat or your dog is not, is not eating. You're like, oh, man, Scruffy hasn't eaten. Like, what's happening? Like, he's just laying there. He's not eating. What would you think? That they're hungry? That something's wrong? If your cat or your dog was not eating, if, if they didn't have an appetite, you would say, wait a second, something's wrong. Like, what's happening? See, our faith is the same way. If we are not hungry, if we are not growing in Jesus, something is wrong. Like, there is more. We have to stay hungry. And you know how you, like, stay hungry in, in God's world, in the kingdom? You just eat. See, like, in, in, in the kingdom, it's the opposite. The more you eat, the more you want to eat. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you want to know Jesus. The more that he becomes a reality in your life and he begins to change things from the inside out, the more you like, I have to have more. I have to know him more. There's no other purpose in life but knowing him because of how he's changed my life. The more we press into him, the more we want to press in. Man, you guys can come on up. Humble and hungry. Humble and hungry. What what does hunger look like practically? Well, you guys are here. You're at Revolution. And I believe that you're here this morning because you're hungry. Because there's something in you whether it's like an active thought or whether, whether it's like an afterthought that, you know what, I want more. I want to know this Jesus. I want to know who he is. You can journal. You can, you can read Bible plans. There, 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 there are so many things that you can do. You can worship in your room. You can worship with your friends. You can, so many things that you can do to press in to hunger. Listen, you guys are, everyone in this room is a treasure chest. There are riches inside of you because Jesus lives inside of you. If Jesus lives in you, that means that there is a depth of, of like, knowledge and all of this stuff that you cannot, like, you'll, you'll never tap out. You'll, you'll, you'll never say, okay, I know enough of Jesus now. I, I get it. You'll never come to that point because there's so much more always. So let's pray. Let's stand up. I want to invite you guys. Come out. You can come up to the front. And I want you guys to just, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to put your hands out. And I want you to think about this gospel that we just talked about, this three-in-one gospel, that because of Jesus... We have relationship, we have identity, we have a destiny. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. I welcome your presence here. Lord, I just say, come, come, come. Have your way this morning. I bless every single person here. I thank you for your presence, Jesus, and I pray that you would back up your gospel with your power. 
in Jesus' name. Come and have your way. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've made available. Amen. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution.